There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but only one thing to say that can help you protect them. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And just like that, a State Farm agent will be there to help you choose the coverage you need, no matter where you are in life. When you need coverage options, your State Farm agent is there to help, on the phone or in person. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery. Code Wondery. Welcome to the ID10T podcast number 1109. Head on over to ID10T.com. The ID10T shop, ID10T Mercantile, if you will, um, for some, uh, we were putting in some new vintage, new vintage items. Well, they're new to us, but they are vintage items, a bunch of vintage Disney shirts that we found. Uh, so we're going to be putting those up soon. So go there, sign up for our email list to get notified of stuff, and also um, give us a follow on the Instagrams at ID10T. But let's talk about you, the ID10T community, events at ID10T.com, like Joey, uh, who says, uh, I wanted to shout out my friend Lainey Labens, a.k.a. Halston Blake, who's an amazing businesswoman and now self-published author. So proud of her for making a thing. Uh, basically, uh, she's made what sounds like a really cool sort of like fantasy romance, fantasy romance, if you will, um, like a werewolf book. So uh, it's called The Bear Moon. It is available on Amazon. Um, Joey goes on to write the artwork is also amazing and done by uh, amazing stand-up comedian and Twitch streaming Dungeons and Dragons master named Jordan Dahl. Nerds truly uniting to create something amazing, Joey says. So, Joey, thank you for sharing uh, the the bare moon with us. Uh, again, available on Amazon. Events at ID10T.com for any and all of y'all who want to uh, share the thing that you are making or, like in Joey's case, the thing that someone you know made that you wanted to share. There you go. This episode is Kari Payton, uh, otherwise known as King Ezekiel on The Walking Dead. And also he has done a wealth of fantastic voiceover uh, work. Uh, you may be familiar with him from Young Justice or Teen Titans Go. Um, but Kari is just the best dude. And I cherish that we've gotten to become friends uh, these last few years. And this is just such a wonderful podcast. Uh, we... Because this is kind of also us catching up at the same time, which I find a lot of these certainly have been uh, since, you know, the the great quarantine of a year ago. Uh, So just such a wonderful chat. Um, I I just I cannot say enough nice things about Kari Payton. So uh, Walking Dead returns for the extended season 10. So six episodes. They're calling it season 10C. Uh, which come back February 28th on AMC. But if you get AMC Plus, you can get it a week early on February 21st. So that's AMC streaming service, which is amcplus.com. So February 28th on regular AMC uh, and February 21st for AMC Plus. And the same is for Talking Dead. We'll be on uh, we'll be on uh, AMC Plus the 21st, and we'll also be following uh, The Walking Dead on AMC proper um, uh, on the 28th. So there you go, and uh, let us begin the ID10T podcast number 1109 with the wonderful Kari Payton. Initiating ID10T protocol. 
What is this thing behind you? What's happening? Oh, this used to be on Meltdown Comics. Oh, oh, wow. Okay, okay. Yeah. It, Man, it, this it, look, it, I, I had this feeling like, oh, okay. Man, that that that, that was like, um, I felt like I, it was like a scene from Brazil. You know, from, <laughs> I was like, I was like, what am I looking at? <laughs> well, when Meltdown closed a couple of years ago, I um, had uh, reached out to the owner, Gaston, and I said, oh, what are you going to do with the alien, like the, the neon aliens? Because there were, I think, two yeah. of them out front and one of them was inside. And he was like, well, I'll, you know, I'll sell one to you. And so I bought one and had it completely refurbished, like had the, right. all the neon fixed. And then the floor is all the floor that was in the green room um, of the theater in the back of the or oh, wow. where we used to do shows. So it's like I was able to salvage pieces of meltdown and they are Dude, in. That's awesome. I Actually, love that spot, man. Oh yeah. Now I'm broadcasting. I'm not, not broadcasting. What, what is this? 1970. I'm, yeah. I'm podcasting from what had been the podcast studio before pandemic. This is where people would have come to right. do podcasts, but you know, doing things in person is just uh that is not our uh, that is not our uh, mo anymore. So no, no, not these days. I mean, you know what? It's gonna. I just I just feel like it's gonna be so odd when 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 all of this finally starts to be over and we walk into a room with, you know, with with uh, with a, a lot of other people. It's just it's gonna take a second for it not to make your skin crawl. Oh you know what I mean? That's so funny. I was just having the same conversation with someone. Like, imagine the first day you get to go like sit in in a cafe and yeah. not have to be terrified about it. And then from just across the restaurant, you just hear someone go, <coughs> everyone's going to be like, <gasps> you know, like it's the collective, the collective uh, kind of to, to, to scraping away this collective agoraphobia. I mean, I know some people are like really eager to get out and do stuff again, but my wife and I have been so, Oh, overly cautious this whole time. Sure. It's going to be very difficult to just feel like, Oh, this is fine again. Uh, yeah, I can just uh, shake hands with people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, the, I, I watch uh, I watch movies, you know, and uh, you know, and there's and there's a crowd scene, and I, and and I just feel weird for everybody. You know what I mean? It's I get like, the same thing from commercials. Like you're watching, like you know, it's like uh, you just watch a commercial and people are just out in public doing shit, and I'm like, what? What? No one's wearing a mask. I don't. You know, of course it was shot years ago, but it but yeah. it's still like I feel the. Oh, this feels weird. Oh, no, no. Commercials are freaking me out these days. Every time there's more than one person in a commercial, I'm looking at, you know, I, I'm, I'm like, how can I gauge, you know, you know, the with a, with a yardstick, you know, how far they are from each other? I, I mean, it, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering, you know, if, if I can see like the like the plexiglass, like between, uh, you know, Indiana Jones and the, where and they the keyed into the scene, yeah, yeah. They're looking for the after effect. Well, yeah, because we watch a lot of like uh, investigation discovery app and the investigation discovery app shows you a lot of like, um, or at least we've seen a lot of like, you know, uh, medical pharmaceutical ads and so it's the same thing the pharmaceutical ads you're hearing about all the side effects and i'm going yeah it can cause your heart to explode and your rectum to fall out but no one is wearing masks like what is the what are they <laughs> yeah yeah it's gonna take me a minute it's gonna take me a minute i mean you know it's 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 like i i didn't uh i i recently like by recently i guess in the last 
five or six years, I, I switched from uh, from snowboarding to skiing. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so and and I love it. I mean, I love it so much that 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 literally I'm like in the summertime, I'm thinking of of going to Argentina to to, to ski. You know, I love it so much. Right. I And uh, and and I'm just not going anywhere. I'm not going near anyone. I don't care if it's on a if it, I'm not, you know, you know, I'm not good enough to be on the backside of a mountain by myself, you know, so so I would have to I would have to interact with someone to get there. So I'm just I'm just not going anywhere. I'm not doing anything. And uh, and 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 yeah, yeah. I, I think I think especially if you're being overly cautious, which is what I maybe am doing, it's going to take me that much longer just to get used to the idea of of uh, of being around people again. But at least with skiing, though, you can do that in a fairly isolated way, right? You're on a chairlift by yourself. You have a mask on already or a face shield. You're skiing down a mountain. You're outside. You know. I heard. Like, like, like at the beginning of the pandemic that there was this, that, that there was a lodge that got like, had this crazy, uh, like, uh, like super spreader event at a, at a lodge or something. And for some reason that's just stuck in my brain. And it's like, you know, and I was, and I'm like, I can see the cold breath of people, you know, I can, I can, <laughs> you know, I'm you like dodging. Them. I'm just, yeah. Ah. These you just don't want these corona clouds to come out. No, no, stay away. Stop breathing. I I can't do it. I'm just gonna have to wait. Well, you could. I mean, there there are probably resorts where you can just like like rent a little you know room or something that just backs up right onto the. You just walk right outside your little chalet or whatever. Like get get onto the ski lift if you have a prepaid whatever. I mean, I. Yeah, I don't know. When I I lived in in Denver when I was in high school, and right. I was in a ski club, and we would go ski every weekend, and I got really good. But then I haven't done it since I was like seventeen years old. Right. And what I would love to hear from you as someone who has started skiing in their forties is, you know, like at at our at, oh boy, I don't want to. I mean, we're not old, but we're not young. And, right. Right. And no, no. So, you wake up and you feel it. Exactly. Well, you you could just sleep, you know, like you could just like you sleep with your neck back a little on your shoulder and then that's the next two weeks of your life. And so what I'm concerned about is skiing and using all those muscles that I haven't used and then being completely unable to move for like several weeks (laughs) (laughs) or falling down and going, God, wow, I didn't really recover from that quickly. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I I guess um, I guess I've had. Uh, a couple of good teachers who've uh, who've you kind of in, instructed me in in the way to you know use your let 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 the skis do the work enough that you're that, that you're not uh, killing yourself you know um, and uh, and so I haven't I haven't had that that feeling of waking up the next day and not being able to move <laughs> you know I've definitely done that in other situations and and uh, in, in that. Just, just, uh, just more like in in weightlifting situations, playing playing football with with uh, with guys who you, like used to play in college, and uh, you know, and we're having having that, you know, let's it's it's the fall, let's get out here and play a little two hand <laughs> touch, but it's really not two hand touch. Right. That that's the kind kind of shit that I had to shut down real real quick. You know yeah. that that was that was th- those are those those uh, those kind of adducts in your, in, you know, bet- between your thighs 
that yeah. you just forgot to, <laughs> that, that you ever used and uh, and you wake up the next day. Those are the time, kinds of things I had to shut down. The, with with, uh, with skiing, you know, you can, as long as you, as long as you don't go straight to like, you know, triple diamond, I think, I think uh, I'll be, I'll be okay. There, there was one time my brother and I were, we were getting back to it and, uh, and we made the mistake of, of um, having one of those great days where it seemed like, you know, you could kind of do no wrong. And, and, uh, and, and, and for some reason we were like, one more time that, you know, that double black, oh, no. let's, let's let, you know what, I'm sure we, and, uh, it was it was the longest forty five minutes of of my life. Just you know, I literally took my skis off, walked for 10, 10, 10 feet, and then put them back on, realizing that I'd I'd die up here if I didn't somehow ski down. And so yeah, yeah, I I, I only had one of those moments, but uh, but so far skiing has uh has has done me good and made me made me feel a little younger than I actually am. I mean, I do feel like there are those things that you do where. Because you just, you know, when you're in your 20s, you sort of take for granted, like, you know, your muscles are all just full of blood and flexible and ready to go and you're fucking Wolverine. And then, and then you start to get a little bit older and then certain muscle groups kind of feel like, like if you found one of those old, like 1950s uh, glass fuses, you know how they used to screw in the glass fuse, <laughs> fuse box? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's covered in dust. And you're like, oh, does this still work? and then you blow it off and you screw it in and then all just like it completely blows the box like that's sometimes what it feels like with certain muscle groups you go you know i exercise three times a week i'm in decent shape and uh but there are still things that i just don't utilize normally that i feel like that's um that's i'm gonna not feel good about that choice uh yeah yeah i think uh i think i made the choice uh a couple of times i remember uh I remember, I, I don't know, I, I went, to, I hadn't played basketball in a while and, and I went with some, uh, went some friends to, to play basketball and, uh, and I got my shot blocked and, uh, and, uh, and I'm not, I'm not, the, I'm not the tallest guy in the world. I'm not, the big, but, 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 uh, but I've got these extra long legs on a very short torso. I'm, I'm kind of a frog looking fellow, you know, when it all, <laughs> but, uh, but I was always, you know, a guy who could, who could, I could jump my way out of trouble. And, and, and man, I got, I just, I got humiliated. And, and it wasn't that I got, got humiliated. It was that I tried, I tried to jump and whatever my jump used to be was, <laughs> was, was just not what it, you know, what, what it was that day. You know, it was, I was like, no, but, but I did that thing where I, I, I went, I, I, I dribble, dribble, step, step, and I took off. You know, and it was, and it just, and that, t- and it just went, you know, it was like, it was, it was Neo in the matrix. It was just like, you're just not going to make it to that building. It, yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't even just that that shot got blocked. It was that, that guy was sort of a, the harsh reminder of reality of like, oh yeah, you may not, this may, things may be different now. Things may yeah. be different now. Yeah. He looked at me like, what were you thinking? And I was like, I was, I was thinking I was. 15 years younger than I am and uh apparently and as I can thanks for reminding me that I'm not yeah yeah that was that was a harsh reminder I, I got uh I, you know what what season of um that, that I was at, at at uh Walking Dead we uh had all of these uh we had this the big battle and we're running after Megan and he's driving away and I'm uh and 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 uh I'm I'm leading 
you know, this this group of people running after running after him as he's leaving uh, Alexandria. And uh, and and I hadn't pulled a hamstring in decades, <laughs> but I I pulled a hamstring that I, and, and, and I was feeling good about it. I was like, I'm out ahead of the pack. Everybody's like, Kari, look at Kari going. And I stopped and I was like, OK, let's do it again. And, and it was it wasn't that I couldn't run anymore. But it was just that little thing in the back of my leg that was like, who do you think you are? Who the <laughs> hell do you think you are? And I jogged the rest of that that scene. I jogged the rest of those takes. And so, uh, yeah. How dare you try a thing is, your, is what your body's saying. How dare yeah, you yeah. think that you have access to the things that, you know, like the, the full the full muscle range that we used to have before. But I think it's interesting that you went from snowboarding to skiing because when I used to ski, snowboarding was brand new. I mean, this is late 80s. It was a relatively new thing, which seemed very analogous to skateboarding. Right. Uh, And uh, I mean, at the time, I understand what it is now, but at the time it's like, oh, it's like you're skating, but you're on snow. And I couldn't, I was so used to skiing and having my legs operate independently of each other that the idea of both feet being yeah. to one plank um, was very foreign to me, but I always thought it was so amazingly cool and just like, God, I just don't think I'm going to be able to relearn yeah. everything that I've learned. Yeah, I, I I learned because I when I moved to California, you know, I mean, being being a black guy from Georgia, there's just not a whole lot of skiing opportunity. So so uh, by so so it took moving to to California. To uh, first, I learned to, to surf. I had a neighbor, like maybe six months after I moved to LA, uh, he he was uh, just throwing a surfboard in the back of his car, and I was like, I was like, you got another one of those? And and so I and and I started, and I, I learned to surf first, and so it seemed to me, uh, you know, that that uh, that I I was I was a novice at surfing, but I could but I could do it, and I enjoyed it, and I was like, well, well, uh, snowboarding feels like like uh like surfing on, on snow so so i'd go that way first and um I and like then uh here as to snowboard than surf like surfing seems you know because snow you are battling gravity but it's not like you're battling waves of snow that are intent on knocking you off your board at the same yeah. time yeah Sur- surfing is a is an art more than than that because it's like because it's not just a physical thing it, it's it's you and the and and the waves of the water and and you're having to you're you're having to look for your ride and so you're you're literally there's a there's kind of a, a sense of of feeling the water underneath you and and seeing it off in the horizon and being able to kind of get yourself up to speed so that you can pop up at the right time there there's there's all this timing in, involved and and uh and so so it's uh it's definitely a, a more difficult prospect at least you know the mountain's always going to be underneath you you know. Also, in the, when you're skiing, no snow sharks, no snow sharks. So I feel like surfing to me, I'm just, it's so beautiful to watch and to me feels so unattainable as a thing for me because I just feel like you're battling, you're, you're basically, you're trying, to, you're trying to dance in harmony with natural forces that maybe weren't necessarily meant to be uh, harnessed, like the power of the waves as yeah. an individual. And so it really, uh, you know, you like you see people do those insane, like when they're in a pipe and it's barrel, like, yeah. It's like, oh, that wave 
could, like that's deadly and they come through it and it just it's like how the fuck did that you think they get swallowed up and then they just spit out the end you're like how the fuck like it just seems how do you stay on the thing how do you not get hit in the face with the board it just feels like there are a lot of things that are designed with surfing to hurt you very badly yeah yeah i, th- I think uh that that's that's analogous to snowboarding too but but with uh but but with surfing the beautiful thing about about surfing is is that is that on a beautiful day you could you could never actually get up and catch a wave but at the end of the day you look up and there's blue sky and there is beautiful water and sometimes there are dolphins that swim past you and it's like it's like yeah you know still time well spent you know i've never been much of a big beach guy but but uh but laying on on a surfboard there you know uh with um yeah with 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 dolphins slowly cresting past you is you know it's uh it's one of those things that that gets you to go back just for that yeah it's like i know you know i've you know you you can figure out how to artfully fall down a hill basically which is skiing and then but with you know with surfing it's like yeah i've I feel like I've uh, mastered this uh, land thing. I just I want to now I want to take on you know the the other dominant element uh, on the on on the planet, the other dominant form of matter. Uh, I just I just love the. Uh, I mean I love that that Los Angeles was able to do that for me though because that, that I that that I had these have these opportunities that that um that that aren't afforded. I was I always uh, was an active guy. And, uh, but, but I, I feel like just, just, you have so many different kinds of, 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 uh, of, you know, environments here, you know, you literally, I would take, I mean, that, this is, this is what happened as far as my skiing life, uh, uh, was concerned is that my kids were learning to ski and I decided maybe I'll just try it, you know, to see. And, um, and we, we, we went up to Tahoe with, um, with a, a bunch of family and uh, and they learned and and um, and I put on skis for the first time and like you said it was that your your feet being free you know and not tethered together I don't know what it was and it was also that I grew up watching skiing because mm-hmm. I'm a mimic at the end of the day I you know uh, I I am um, I'm kind of a, a jack of all trades master of none but but I I would you know I play baseball and basketball and football and all of these things growing up. But not because I um, I've, I've played on all these teams growing up, but I watch sports all the time and I was a mimic. It was kind of like where I get I think my comic timing is from is that I watched uh, just a buttload of sitcoms growing up. And and um, and I felt like when I was watching skiing, I've seen those downhill runs and I would just try to look like it. I would just try to look like it and go. And um, and so I and, and so after we went to Tahoe. I ended up, I, I would take my kids to school like at eight in the morning and just drive up to Big Bear. I would ski for three hours and come back. I would do that, you know, like three or four days a week after I learned to do it. You know, the, the, I just love that, that Los Angeles afforded me the opportunity that it's just right there. Yeah. You can just go, you know, yeah. you know, the, 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 the beach is just right there. You can, you can just go. And so, um, you know, I've uh, I've been lucky to to take full advantage of these things, and um, and also lucky enough that maybe I'm learning these things a little later in life. So I'm not trying to kill myself. You know, I'm not trying to do double flips, ollie, this and that. You know, I'm just, just I'm doing just, it is satisfactory. Doing it is good enough for me, man. 
Yeah, and all these different all these different terrains that you get in California, the only thing you have to your payment is seasons. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't mind. I mean, I used to I traveled enough doing stand up that I would get my seasonal fill in other places. Um and so and for me people, you know, when I when I would go to visit places that are basically just like like icy, snowy, crazy you know, my my feeling would be like, oh, this is fun for like a day, and then afterward, yeah. like, and then a day later, you're like, you guys, you don't have to live here, you know. But people <laughs> love it. But I just, I like, I like yeah. the guy in this the, the the temperate climate. It just it make I've lived a lot of places in this country, and it just it just makes me feel okay. Like when I see the like, oh, okay, the sky is okay, it's blue, yeah, weather's not too bad, like that. That just makes me feel more peaceful. Yeah. No, I mean, listen, I, I love I love coming back to Georgia. I love being here. I love that, uh, you know, I've got that, that we've got, you know, seasons and, and, and all of that. But but it's it's you know, it, it was a, like a high of 37 degrees ye- yesterday. It is 70 and sunny in, uh, you know, back home in, in Los Angeles. And and you know what? And if I if, and if I really wanted snow and a little stuff, you know, I all, I can drive an hour and a half and I'm there, you yeah. know. So I mean, I I I get it. I also feel like uh, that that you know that that people are like you know I love where I live. I also feel like they haven't really come to Los Angeles long enough to understand the benefit. You know, it does not take long to lose your resistance to the elements. Like people will move here from Michigan. You know, and Michigan is a place. I understand that the 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 you know the the humidity, like the climate, is different. Sure, fifty degrees. You know, if you get a fifty degree day, like in a place like Michigan in the winter, it's like everyone's in shorts. Right, but fifty degrees here, and, and like the town almost shuts down. You know, it's like people are in winter because it, it gets fucking colder. And I don't know if it's because of the dry climate or what, but it is fifty degrees here. It feels like fifteen degrees almost anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. No, it it does take, you know what the thing is, is that you don't, you don't dress for it. You know what yeah. I mean? In, in LA, you, you, you don't, you don't think of bringing out your big coats. I, you know, it, it when I, it, it never seems so bad. First of all, most people don't hang out in the horrid, horrid conditions that they're, that they're living in. They get, you, they get in their car, they get to another place that's got a bunch of heaters on, but, but, uh, but they're not living in that stuff, you know? Right. And, uh, that's and, true. and that's true. Yeah, you know, yeah. and when, when and, and because because uh, in in L.A. we're opening up the windows. You know, half the a bunch of people I know they don't have a living room. The living room is outside in the back. You know, it's just a big open yeah. area because that you know because what could be better than than um than this temperature con- controlled climate that we're that we're uh, living in? You know, I, it's just it's a different story. I, I was really uh, – there was one town that I performed in, and I can't remember where it was, but it might have been in Wisconsin. But the the city center and – I, and I think to a degree they have this in Minneapolis too. But the city center in this town I was in was connected by skyways. So it was basically this human habit trail. And in the skyways were all of your like Barnes & Noble and Starbucks and, st- and drugstore. So people could live – a completely interior existence yeah in cuz their buildings their their residential buildings were connected to their work buildings which were all connected by restaurants and shops and stuff 
So they were just navigating these skyways like city blocks. And yeah. I'm so fascinated by like, oh my God, you know, just the, the adaptivity of, of humanity to realize like, yeah, you know, for a handful of months a year, it's not fun to go outside. So we're just going to build this completely artificial interior city connected by these these habit trails and um and it, and it felt really cozy to me it's like oh you never have to you can see it outside but you can just live this internal existence for a few months a year it seemed kind of neat yeah i would walk with my my uh my sister went to uh university of minnesota for her uh, graduate uh uh studies and uh and and she would do that she she'd she there were there there were like these buildings she could kind of tunnel you know, through to get front, get, and, and, uh, and there was this one, like, I don't know, 50 yard, you know, bit that she, you know, I'd be talking to her on the, on, on the, uh, on the phone, just walking with her to, to class or something. And she was like, okay, here it is. This is, this is the bad part, you know, just like, just, <laughs> just getting herself worked up to like get through that, that frozen tundra oh, of, uh, yeah. of Minneapolis. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. This episode is brought to you by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. You know, I was going to, I originally was going to have you on the podcast months ago, and then we did a series of Walking Dead panels for various, and then uh, then I realized like, oh, you know, we just talked about the show a bunch, and also you hadn't started shooting yet the next season, so I thought, oh, you know what? Maybe it's better to see if we can do this now, like right before. Now you'll have shot a bunch of episodes and the show's about to come out. There'll be new stuff to talk about. And and so uh, right. so that that's why that's why I was like, oh, I'll just kick it to February when the show comes back. And then then you'll have a better idea and you can sort of talk about like, oh, this is what it was like to be back and, you know, like kind of stuff that we're doing. But before we get to all that. I'm so eager to talk to you about voiceover because I love voiceover. I love voiceover performers. I was fortunate enough to do voiceover for like 13, 14 years. Um, Awesome. And what'd you do? What were you doing? I did three shows back to back to back at Nickelodeon. Oh, cool. uh, That lasted several, you know, uh, over a decade. And then, and then I would get to do side. So I got to play green arrow in one of the Batman series and, you know, just a couple video games here and there. And, Dude, I love Green Arrow was one of my favorites growing up because because uh, I, I I was um, I was always a huge Robin Hood fan uh-huh. and uh, and the you know the Fox uh, uh, Disney Robin Hood 
was was I, I had I had the record version, you know, because it was before you could get it on VHS. Yeah. I had the record of uh, of of Robin Hood, and uh, and so any any dude wearing green, you know, with a bow and arrow, actually, yeah, Hawkeye, Green Arrow, all of them. I was just like, I was just like. That's it. If you got a bow and arrow, I, I'm, uh, you know, that's 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 the the pinnacle for me. But yeah, yeah, I I, I love that. The um when um my, my favorite thing was uh was reading, you know, what, what is that uh the the Batman the Dark Knight Returns when um what what I uh, uh Green Arrow's got like got one arm and you know and and in a wheelchair or something and he's like upside down shooting a shooting an arrow with his teeth to to. Like like a like a kryptonite arrow at Superman to you know it was like I mean it's it's still just the coolest I freaking love Green Lantern. But you've gotten to do I so mean many, Green Arrow Green Arrow. You've got to do so many cool voiceovers, and the thing that I love about VO is that it 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 really that there is there does seem to be like you know it it doesn't matter like if you're handsome enough to play a part, it doesn't matter if you're tall enough to play a part. It really is just do you believably sound like this character? And the voiceover actors have to put, because they're not afforded the ability to really like use their physicality to, to get ideas across, they have to condense it all into their voice. And then this amazing dance happens with the artists who go, oh, okay, well, the actor and the director, like they chose this. So I'll sort of animate around this and create this thing. And then mm-hmm. you go back and do ADR and sort of fill in the gaps and then you can add another layer. And so there's this really interesting collaboration, this sort of unspoken collaboration between performer, director and artist. Yeah. that really like creates these amazing things because they really do work together in concert. And so it's, I, I believe voiceover actors, like really good voiceover actors, I believe are, some of the entertainment business's most talented performers. Oh, absolutely. Relatively unsung, you know, because yeah. they disappear into the parts and you never see their faces. And so, you know. No, the, yeah. the greatest actor I've ever worked with is D. Bradley Baker. He's, uh, well, that, he, yeah, he is, that guy is, a, is on a whole other level. He's on a, he's on a whole nother level. I, I just, from, from my, I was lucky enough to get, you know, the first, the, first job that I and still like you know the the job that I'm most known for is playing cyborg uh uh in Teen Titans you know when I when I first got that job in 2002 I uh, uh he was he played all the bad guys all that you know it was a you know if you needed uh a lava monster he was like here's a lava monster it was like okay now we need like a swamp kind of you know weird you know swamp thing sort of monster and then it would and the crazy thing is is that all of those monsters somehow sounded like that like 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 a lava monster sounded distinctly different from swamp monster guy from concrete you know you know they they were all incredibly specific in ways that i couldn't possibly imagine and uh and 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 i i'm i still you know uh uh, I'm waiting for the day that I get to, you know, sit in a booth on a regular basis with that guy. But yeah, yeah, it's to me, it was it was one of the most freeing experiences of my life. I when when I when I got the the uh, chance to audition for uh, for Cyborg, uh, I walked into uh, Warner Brothers Animation. It was back at uh, when when they when they had their offices at 
at the Sherman Oaks Galleria. It was this uh-huh. really cool uh, uh, offices that had these huge banners that came down like five, you know, stories, you know, and um, and uh, uh, I walked in and to 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 audition for this this part, and uh, and every every black guy I'd ever seen on TV in the '90s and the '80s, where you know it was like. It was like, you know, Urkel was there and all the guys from in Living Color and, and uh, you know, and, and, and uh, Living Single. And it was just like, and, and, um, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm, OK, I'm in the right place. Um, probably not going to get this one, but you know what? At least I'm in the room. This will be fun. And uh, and I just rem- I just remember being so free that that I that, that I wasn't encumbered by anything. It was just. The, you know the 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 stand with the uh, with the sides on it, the microphone, and uh, and and uh, and I could just go for broke, and uh, and and I walked out of there with the biggest smile on my face, thinking, man, I hope they let me audition again, and uh, you know, and 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 uh, turns out that I was, you know, weirdly right for for uh, cyborg, and maybe just that exuberance of being being excited to get get this audition opportunity was was uh, was the thing that that, that got me over. and um, and uh, and then slowly over time, I I because I was never a guy who did I would do impressions here and there and I would do voices here and there. but but the the experience of being in the booth with all of these ridiculously, versatile performers it was it, it just it gave me the the confidence to to just try something right you know just go for it who cares just you know you know you know look like an idiot that's the point just go for it and uh and before i knew it all of a sudden i was i was uh playing these different characters and and uh and 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 trying out these these different things and becoming comfortable being able to act in a different voice because right. that's the most important thing i mean to, to do a voice is one thing but to be able to 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 act on a on an emotional scale or a, or, a, or a comedic scale um in, in that voice is an entirely different kind of set of skills and and uh yeah yeah and i, I was lucky enough that uh, that my first job would lead to, led to many more that gave me the opportunity to continue doing that. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 you know just because of I know exactly what you're talking about because of the the shows that I worked on had this amazing carousel of you know Rob Paulson and Maurice LaMarche and Kevin Michael Richardson and Greg Griffin yeah. and you know Dee Bradley Baker like you said and John DiMaggio and and you know you you really understand the difference between like, oh, you know, I'm sort of a class clown and I kind of do voices and people who actually do like professional voiceover. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, that's different. You can't tell that's the same person who's doing both of those voices because yeah. you know, Rob Paulson can sing like in an alto key, but then also somehow do like some sort of baritone thing and a whole other, you know, it's 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 really unbelievable. And I always cherished those jobs where I got to record with a group of people as opposed to when you go in individually and you sure don't really get the chemistry with other people. You're kind of just, you know, they're, they're yeah. how they want you to do it. And did you do, um, did you get to do cyborg as an ensemble or did you do oh, it? We, we recorded it together almost every episode. Andre Romano? 
Yeah, Andrea Romano would just. I mean, no, nobody does it like her. You know, it's it's like it's like going back and doing, uh, you know, nineteen thirties and forties radio, you know, play. You know that that and and she, uh, you know, and and she starts it off, and and the and the whole room comes alive. You know, with uh, with the way that she sets the stage for you, and uh, and it's uh, yeah, it's. It's 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 still one of one of those uh, things that the crazy thing is, when I started, she was my first voice director. Mm-hmm. I just assumed everybody did it that way. <laughs> she did, I, and then and and then uh, yeah, then then, uh, then we start moving on, and I would go to different places, and I was like, um, aren't you going to read these stage directions for me? <laughs> aren't you aren't you going to get my juices flowing so that That's I can? Wild. Yes, exactly. You know, you know that you know uh, laser cannons come falling from the sky. Da, 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 da. And then Cyborg says, you know, and it was like, it was like, ah, oh, I'm in it. <laughs> I love her so much. She, when I was in college, I got connected with her, and she was trying to teach me how to do a voiceover tape. And I was taking, and I, I took as basically the equivalent of electives. I took the animation track as an artist at UCLA and I used the voiceover recording studio there to make a cassette tape of voices. And she helped me put that together. And then 10 years later, she hired me for something. And, you know, I had her on the podcast maybe five years ago. Yeah. a lot of people didn't recognize her name and the thing, but they listened to podcasts and they're like, she's one of the most, like I got so many amazing comments on Andrea because she's just such an incredible person and a brilliant talent. And really, you know, so like, so was such an instrumental part of that um, revitalization and and renaissance of Warner brothers animation in the nineties between Animaniacs and Batman and all these different shows that she helped to orchestrate and, and, and put all these amazing talents together. And it's, you know, like someday someone's going to make a documentary about her and she yeah. would be like the way that people think about like Chuck Jones or someone from that golden age of animation. It's like, you cannot, there is no animation industry without Andrea Romano because she helped to drive it. You know, there is, there, there's no one who does that job the way that the way that andrea romano does it it's it's like it's 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 like watching uh i don't know it, it's like it's it's like watching you know michael jordan when he when he came to came into the league and you were like nobody moves like that you know yeah you know, i mean people make people score baskets people get the job done but nobody moves like that it was like just like no nobody does it the way that she does it you know and 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 I think it's a testament to her that no one even tries. No, no, yeah. No one, even, no one even's like like you know what I'm gonna you know I'm gonna do this the way that Andre. They're like you know what I'm let let's let's just go ahead and <laughs> that she's at, she's at the top of the mountain. I just can't climb that high. The air's too thin. We're, let's just do it the way that we do it. It's you know, genetically different. She has some sort of mutated like third lung. She can breathe at high altitudes. I don't it, know. Exactly. Do that. Yeah, yeah. Don't try to slam dunk that basketball. Just get it in the hole. You know, just. <laughs> but I, I, I think I said this to you the first time that you came on Talking Dead. But I said I, I really think your voiceover background probably helped with a character like Ezekiel because it within the Walking Dead universe, 
from reading the comics, he is the most sort of like a uh, because he's he's playing a character effectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. This, of this king, and so I I said I wonder if if the presentation of him when he's in King Ezekiel mode. I could see that being like an animated character. He's very much this because within oh. his world, there's very much a performance that he affects to because that's what helps the people in his community. They need they need him to be that, and he is that. Man, I I think that's why I got the part. I, I don't think I would have gotten the part had I not done been doing voiceover for for what uh ten ten what uh fifteen years. 15 years at that time it was it was uh i i had done so much before that before i moved to la i did a lot of experimental shakespeare uh you know like weird black box you know uh you know shakespeare festival every summer you know uh um and when i wasn't doing uh, shakespeare festival i was doing some some uh some shakespeare that for you know with working with professors that I would that that uh that taught me in school or 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 somebody so, something like that that uh I just um I, I racked up a lot of classical uh uh ty- type work in my 20s and um and uh and it and I had that I had that voice it was a much younger voice you know but than than, than Ezekiel's but but it was like it was like after I did that, and then uh, and then I decided, okay, you know what? I've been doing this for for like six, six years. I think I'm going to try to make a living. I should probably move to Los Angeles and, and see if I see if I could I could uh, actually make a make a decent living uh, as an actor and not just not not just uh, going from from weird you know uh, back alley production to back alley production. So so uh, so then I came out and got lucky and started doing voiceover. And between those two skills that I that I I acquired, and you know, kind of one decade here and one decade there, that particular uh, uh, audition came in, and um, and they told me they, they they I think I auditioned on the second day that they were that they were auditioning for Ezekiel, and they they said they they really loved you, but you're gonna have to wait because this is kind of a, a big part and they're going to audition everybody. And, uh, and, uh, and there, there've only been a couple of times in my life that, uh, that, that I started preparing for the job that day. I, 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 I was like, I just don't see anybody. I just don't know if anybody else is prepared to do this particular job. I started, I started getting and uh, I was, I, I had was doing a lot of hiking and a lot of cardio and I, and I, I, I immediately like, like went into the gym cause, cause, uh, cause Ezekiel was a lot like, like heftier than me. He's just a, you know, he, he had a gut and everything. And I was like, well, I'm not going to be able to like, like, uh, like add that kind of weight, but I'm going to get, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to add like 10 pounds. And, and I, I immediately, um, uh, uh, went to the gym and kind of slowed down my cardio and started, uh, building, building my, my body up. And, uh, and like a month later, they, they, uh, they called it <laughs> and they said, uh, they said, can we get some pictures of Kari? We, we, he just looked a little, a little, um, thin in, in the, uh, audition and we're worried that, you know, cause this is kind of an athletic part. Uh, you know, he's does a lot and, 
and uh and i was and uh and i was like i fucking knew it i fucking knew it <laughs> that's amazing though i mean that is because we cannot con- this business is a tumultuous business that we cannot control you cannot control why people give you jobs sometimes you're just yeah. things sometimes someone's more famous or you know which is also what's great with voiceover is that that doesn't matter unless you're doing like a pixar movie right but, right but, um or like a star driven movie vehicle but but the idea that you had this feeling and you took some action because that's what your gut told you to do. And you were right. I mean, it just it's it's like it gives me that Man. gives me chills because it's like if you you couldn't control the situation, whether they were going to hire you. But you did the thing that you could do, which is to put yourself more into the body of the character and then it fucking paid off like it's it wouldn't have paid off if you hadn't done that. And so, you, yeah earned it multiple ways and that that's magical dude it's it, it was so awesome because because i've had that feeling once or twice where i was like there's no way anybody else is gonna get this part i nailed that shit and i never hear back never heard that right. you know and uh you know and and um there, there were there was a shoot there was a moment right before that um i had just uh auditioned for the good place it was the one. It was the. It, it was the one pilot that year that I was like, "This is brilliant." God, I want this part so bad. I want. I want to be a part part of this thing. And I went in, and I thought that I nailed the part. I thought that I nailed the audition. But I just was not what they were looking for. I didn't hear a peep or a word from them. And so, uh, and so, you know, you move on. And about a month later, uh, I I auditioned for Ezekiel, and and um. And obviously, had I had I gotten a good place, I wouldn't have gotten Ezekiel. Things all happened for you know the the reasons that they that they uh, they they happened for. I'm so glad. I feel like I feel like for me, because Ezekiel w- was this performer who kind of you know you know hides behind you know, behind a different persona, sort of you know, and uh, in in order to in order to be the person that he needs to be. I mean, I, I, I just, I felt that deeply. I, I was, I was a kind of a shy kid growing up, you know, uh, unless, unless I was around my family, you know, I was, I would joke around my family, but at school and things, I was kind of a quiet, I was, I was very small. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't grow uh, to my height for a very long time. I was the littlest guy in school and, and, um, and, and, and the, uh, the thing that kind of brought me out of myself was uh, was when my my uh, my mom uh, put me in a play. No, that's not true. It was I saw I saw when I was in the first grade or something. I saw I saw like a community theater show of uh, Cyrano de Bergerac, and I I was like that guy is the best fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> He's the coolest dude I've ever seen in my well, life. Graders tend to love to go see productions of Cyrano de Bergerac and be inspired from, you know, age. I, I don't, I don't know what, it, I mean, you know, once again, it's that, it's that, um, it's that Robin Hood swashbuckling, you know, he's, he's, oh, yeah. he's witty with a sword, you know, he was like my Fox. He was my Robin Hood Fox again. And, <laughs> uh, and, and I was like, I was like, I want to get up on stage. And I just, I came alive when I when when I when I was able to get on stage. It was like it was I think I had a hard time with introductions, you know? And I and if I could walk out on stage and be like everybody be quiet, just let me let's all just focus. I'm going to introduce myself. Right. You know, and and uh and then 
when I got back off stage, I was like, oh, you're you're an affable guy. I was like, yes, that's what I'd like to be, <laughs> you know? Oh and so God. I feel like Ezekiel's kind of the same way, you know, that uh, that he'd, he'd even as a zookeeper, he'd, uh, you know, he, he'd, he'd perform a little for the, for, for the, you know, kids who are watching his, you know, his tigers in their habitat, you know, and he'd make it a little production. You know, of, uh, of oh, if, if you if you uh, stand over here, you can see this. Look at this happen. You know, and uh, there was something presentational about it that helped him, you know, be comfortable around people. You know, that's really interesting. And I think that's the thing about performers. It's almost like if you know, <laughs> in a movie, if someone like is a vampire but they don't know it yet and they think something's wrong you know like something's wrong with them and then they find other vampires and they're like oh I, this is just a thing oh gotcha there's a whole different and with a perform not i'm not, not saying performers like vampires i just mean the idea that when you are a young performer and you're a kid and you have this weird thing inside you that it isn't you can't quite put your finger on it you don't know what it is but it feels like there's something that wants to come out and 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 be bigger than life and you don't but it's weird one-on-one -on -one with people it's sort of weird because not everyone is that way and sure. then you get around other performers or you find the theater or if you're a comedian you find other comedians and you're like holy shit this is a thing this yeah. is a thing and this is my environment and these th this these other people speak this weird language that i have i thought i was i thought i was a fucking you know like just a weird reject but it turns out i'm just need to be around these people who see the world and communicate in this kind of riffy weird presentational way oh it's not you know it's not a defect it's an asset in this in this environment the what you're saying is so huge in my life. You know, that the, the idea that, that, that there's something that you can do well, but you're, but, but you're confused by your environment mm -hmm. that, that, you know, it's, it's like, uh, it's like, it's like trying to ski on a football field. You know, it's, it's <laughs> not that it's not that you're, you're, you know, you're doing something wrong. You might be doing something just right. You're just in the wrong place. You're just in the wrong spot for this. You know what I mean? And it's, uh, you know, and and it is that that is such a huge analogy for my life. When I, I I was diagnosed when I was 12 or 13 years old with ADHD, right? Like a deficit disorder, uh, attention deficit disorder, uh, is what they call it. I call it more of a an attention differential, you know, cause I don't feel like it's a disorder anymore. It's just different from, right. from what m most people uh, understand. And, uh, and, and I come from a family that, that was very, you know, kind of a bunch of go-getters, very high functioning kind of, you know, just awesome people. My, my brother's an, an engineer, my, 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 my other brother's a doctor. My, my father's a, a, a doctor, my, my mom, you know, you know, uh, uh, graduated with two degrees, you know, for, you know, my, my, my sister's, uh, a, a, an amazing costume designer, but I would, they there, they were, they were all just excelled in, in ways that, that when it came to my, my brain, not being able to organize my life mm -hmm. in that, in, in that same way, it, 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 it was so frustrating to me, you know, because I would always think to myself, why haven't you figured out the, the simple things? There, there are things that, that, that you can do, but you can't seem to figure out the simple things, Kari. 
what's the matter with you? Are you lazy? Are you just not, you know, what, what is it that, that's, that's wrong with you? And it took me until I was 40 years old, till, I, till my mom gave me this book called Driven to Distraction, which is, uh, which is kind of, that, that this uh, uh, a doctor wrote, I wish I could remember his name, but, uh, but the book is called Driven to Distraction. And, and, he, and, and it's, a, it's, it's kind of conversations with all of these different people from different walks of life that, uh, that, that have ADHD. And mm-hmm. um, and there there are you know scientists and and and, and doctors and and artists and all of the, these people and it was uh, and the thing is is that is that is that they they coming to grips with the fact that that uh, that that their that their differential was an asset to them versus being being a uh, a hindrance it was that it was that it was it was literally somebody saying here take these skis man let's get off of this football field let's go up a mountain you know <laughs> and if you've been screwing around on these skis for the longest time and every and the crazy thing is is that if you're going about your life and every once in a while there's a downhill portion and you're like oh i kind of killed that why mm-hmm. am i not doing that all the time you know not realizing that it's your environment that you need to uh, shift or you need to think differently about. And then when you finally find your mountain, when you finally find that mountain, you start to realize all of these life experiences have been leading to this, that you haven't not been learning. It's just been harder for you to understand your, your, your learning, you, you, harder to understand your process because of the environment that you put yourself in because of the perspective that you've had yourself in. Yeah. And, and it, 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 it changed my life. It has changed my life just in that I stopped worrying about, man, why haven't I figured this out yet? You know, I, I, and, and uh, I started realizing that actually I'd figure out quite a bit. I just, and, and, so I, and so now I sit here in the moment and enjoy the learning. Because, uh, because, uh, and th- that's the biggest thing that's changed for me as far as, as far as that epiphany that you're talking about. It was like, oh my God, this is something that I, that I'm not crazy. No, 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 no. You don't have to worry about the crazy, what you haven't done or what you, what you, uh, haven't been able to do yet. You can just enjoy this moment of learning, being a student of the moment and enjoy it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's for comedians, the version of that is, when you're young, you're growing up, maybe you're a class clown type, or maybe you just, but you're constantly just like firing jokes. And maybe it's, right. I'm sure it's for a variety of reasons for attention or for a defense mechanism. For me, I was small, so I couldn't compete in sports and, you know, everyone was bigger than me and I didn't have the physicality to, re- and so I was just sort of like, uh, hey, and we moved a lot and it was just sort of my way of like cracking jokes. And then a lot of times, most other people, most other kids, you know, you, you sort of like, throw in a joke or something and then people are like you're weird and then you're like oh i guess I'm weird <laughs> and then you find you know yeah. then i found a group of other comedians at UCLA and there was a club of other comedians and then they and it's like oh not only are they accepting my riffs as not weird they are improving on them and firing them back and so now it's this game of ping pong it's like holy shit this is a thing i just hadn't found my dialect yet you know and, and the cool thing is is that you had been you had been practicing this all this time you had been <laughs> you'd been coming you've been growing up 
like like going, you know, what's kind of what's wrong with me? I'm kind of weird. I'm kind of this. I'm kind of kind of that. Realizing that that all of that life experience leading you up to going to college and meeting these people, it was like it was like, oh, you're giving me you're giving me a place to 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 really do what I can do. And yeah. I've been practicing all this time. There's this story of uh, Jerry Rice. He's like, you know, the greatest wide receiver of all time. And uh, and and they were like, uh, they were like, what, you know, what, what's the deal that made? Because he wasn't the fastest, he wasn't the most athletic, but he he was just the best. And um and and I remember him telling a story as as a as a kid, he would help his dad who was a bricklayer, and his dad would throw bricks from the first story to the second or the third, and he would have to catch them and put them down and not break any of those bricks. Oh and it was God. like, you know what I mean? And it, and it was like, it was like, you don't know. You don't realize until you look after that it was like, it was like, yeah, no, nobody said, you know, you know, to be a great wide receiver, you know, have your, have your dad be, be like, boy, if you drop this brick, I'm gonna come up there and beat your ass. You yeah, know, it's not a brick training program. It's not like no. you know, better football through brick training. You know, but 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 there he stands, you know, the young brick catcher from Mississippi, the greatest of all time. Yeah, I mean, you just you you know, it. you're absolutely right. It's just about getting into the right context and getting into the right environment. And, you know, and yes, you are practicing for a long time, but you think it's not like you feel so weird. I mean, like I remember being at a at a party in high school and other kids were talking about like, football or something and i was quoting like emo phillips cinemax comedy special <laughs> not didn't couldn't really understand like why did everyone stop talking and look at me like you know like i walked in in a in a in a chicken outfit you know yeah and and i just realized like oh i'm not you know this isn't I mean, this isn't a flaw. It's just I just need to be in the right. By the way, the book Driven to Distraction. I looked it up. Edward Hallowell and John yes. Brady. Uh, Driven Edward to Hallowell. Recognizing and coping with attention deficit disorder from childhood through adulthood, which I've heard of and haven't read yet, but it, it seems oh, fascinating. It's very. It's it's extremely fascinating. Also, if you have ADHD like me, and uh, and that book seems daunting, please put the book down. Get it on tape. Just listen, listen to it. You know, they, they've got it's uh, that that's the way I actually got through it. <laughs> I had that book sitting on my shelf forever. Listen to it on tape. You know, you know, when you when you wake up or, or going about your day, uh, you know, uh, you know, that that's the way that I, I got through it. It changed my life. If uh, if you happen to, uh, you know, be in that same situation, I highly recommend it. And um and uh, yeah, yeah, it'll uh, it'll change your your perspective on things. Well, I wonder because I am also someone who dabbles in the, you know, jack of all trades, not mastering mm. anything, not like being, you know, super. And and I think that that idea that you're talking about, I I, I sort of feel like, and I think it's just like some people are just able to just just do one thing for the for their whole life and just be like the uh, the best 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 at that thing and i do wonder if that sort of comes from a, a, an evolutionary survival thing of like you know in in the olden times you had to just be a blacksmith or you had to just be a, a farmer you had to just because survival depended upon you being the best at that thing but yeah. now we have the ability to do a lot of different things and i, I don't know if i would want to be the other way because I don't know this this ideal of like having to quote be the best. I don't even know what that means. And yeah. 
you know, it's also subjective and not quantifiable. And so don't you feel like it's it's fun to be able to dabble in a lot of things because it, it gives you a nice broad range of things to do and things to play with and things to try and explore. And, you know, I don't absolutely the other, but for me, I, I tend to look at it that way. Yeah, no, I, I mean, one of the things I love about the, the job that, that, that we have is that is the, uh, <laughs> I always, I always think of uh, Morgan Freeman in that, in like the Kevin Costner Robin Hood. There's Robin Hood again. Uh, you know, he's like, you know, some kid asked him, you know, why is your skin so so dark? And he was like, because Allah loves wondrous variety. You know, and that, and that's how I feel about my my job. I love the wondrous variety of it all. That that uh that everything that 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 I continue to learn is going to speak to the 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 work that i that i continue to do you know that um you know that that uh that that i'm able to you know play you know uh uh animated characters you know that from all over the the spectrum and then i and then also be able to use that to be able to play this incredibly unique uh you know fellow in this um in this apocalyptic you know zombie world you know that that uh that 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 everything that i'm learning is uh is lending itself to me being able to do a better job at at, at uh at accessing you know the, those aspects of myself that that can that can make a character more interesting you know I mean dude, dude I, I started uh I started learning uh, uh uh piano because I because again because of uh watching watching you play uh, uh the Charlie Brown theme song yeah yeah oh, I, that's I, I'm fantastic that makes me so happy you have no idea I. I, I I started um uh playing piano. I t- we took it at took a, a piano course at Glendale Community College when I first moved to LA uh because uh you know because I, I was I had gotten my first like movie job and uh and I was between jobs and and uh and I started learning uh the uh play piano and uh and I got my second movie job and I had to leave and I never got back to it. I um I I learned to play a couple of classical things. And then, uh, and, and and I heard you play the the, the Charlie Brown theme. So I was like, I have always wanted that. That's what I wanted to do. I got. I um, fortunately, I'd been quarantined in a in in a in a place that had a little baby grand piano. Oh, that's and, great. Uh, and I I got the I, I got an app. You know, the, this uh, app that I that I started playing, and uh, and 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 now I I, I can I, I can I can play Silent Night, and it it kind of sounds like a song. And I am I am moving on to, to to other stuff, but but it's but once again it's it's you know it you know hopefully one day I I will feel like you know um, like I've I've really got this under my uh, under my belt. But in the meantime, I am I can feel my fingers and my and my brain. You know I'm already doing things I absolutely could not do a month and a half ago. Oh, you know? that, oh that makes me so happy, and it, I'm so honored that you were able to take that from that. I always get shy about posting those because I'm just, I'm still learning. And, but it's two years this month that I started learning piano and guitar simultaneously. Oh, wow. I have a, I have a piano teacher and I have two guitar teachers. One of them is specifically for bluegrass, which I love. Oh, cool. I'm not remotely good at Dude, it at all. That is that is a difficult proposition. Let me but tell you. During the, but during the quarantine, 
having music, having learning music as something to go to has been such, you know, and as a sober person who can't, you know, who doesn't, who won't drink or take stuff. Sure. So therapeutic for me when I am overly stressed to sit down at a piano because it requires the four corners of my brain and I cannot focus on anything else. And so it like that part of it, that is part of the way that I've been able to sort of not be completely overcome by anxiety or depression or any, any sorts of, you know, stuff like that, because I have music that to me, piano is a lot easier to practice than guitar because piano is very linear in my brain interprets it linear guitar. There's so much about the the forming of the shapes on the fretboard that I still, I know what it is and I know how it's supposed to work. And my brain just has difficulty like, Okay, well, this scale connects to this pentatonic scale, which connects to this and this. I still, I still have trouble with it. But right stuff in your forties, I had this preconceived notion of like this is dumb. I, you know, like I don't have the neuroplasticity that it, I see all these. You know, like I see all these videos on Instagram with much younger people just playing these fucking sonatas, and I go, I'm never going to be able to. And I go, okay, you don't, you're you're worrying about the result, not the process. Number one, yeah. number two. Um, a ch- a kid will be able to. A ki- kids are just driven to lean into something until they figure it out, and adults right. lean into stuff until they get frustrating, and then we go fuck this. <laughs> right, right, right. So, but in the pandemic, having had time to really sit down and focus on it, it's just been so wonderful and so therapeutic. I'm just so glad. What are you playing now? This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What else are you playing? I, I play, a, I, well, I, I'm using this app that that that, that kind of, uh, uh, it, it has me playing a, a, a lot of different things. A lot of, a lot of uh, modern music uh, and, uh, you, you know, and, and then a, a lot of, and, and then a little bit of uh, a little, I'm just getting to the point. The funny thing is, is when I was taking the class before, um, we started with the classical stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and uh, you know little little arias and things that I, that that, uh, that I, I learned to play. This is trying to kind of kind of uh, uh, suck you in by letting sp- these parts, these parts, That's and then cool. slowly it 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 uh, it's uh, it adds uh, adds things for me. You know, it's like now now you're doing these things. Now now you're now you're uh, using both hands together. Now you're you're uh, you're you're you're, you're going to play in these different patterns together, and uh, and so and so like I said, uh, the, because 
my thought was is that by the by the by the time I get to next Christmas, I just want to be able to sit down at the at the piano and maybe three or four like Christmas carols. Just be able to just 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 play play a simple Christmas carol, you know, just just uh, you know, for for the family, you know what I mean, and uh, and and you know, for from from myself that kind of thing, and I uh, and I uh, and so so Silent Night was a big deal for me, you know, but I uh, but I also um, I also uh, I can sort of play uh, uh, Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga Shallow, the song uh-huh. Shallow. I can I can I can sort of bang bang that out with a uh, with a little gusto, which uh, which which I enjoy. I don't know if anybody else is enjoying it, but I enjoy it. So I uh, so I'm uh, I'm I'm uh, you know I'm I'm working working my way through kind of different genres. There there are there are two courses. There there's uh, one that's kind of more chords, and then the other one is more of a solo. Uh, uh, playing and I'm trying and I'm doing those simultaneously. Well, you can also get instruction via FaceTime or Zoom too, which I found, which I've survived on in these times. Yeah, set up the laptop in front of the piano or like sit in front of the, the guitar. Let me. Do you um are are you someone? And this gets back to piano, but are you someone who enjoys languages? Do you like? Do you speak other languages or do you like languages? I love languages. I I, I used to used to be able to speak a little Spanish. I lost it all. I'm I'm. I'm. Uh, I actually just got a got one of those apps to like try and get myself to start learning that again. Okay. To learn that again. So the reason that I ask is because uh, I just want to set this at your doorstep as something to think about in your in your musical journey. But okay. it, it is about the idea of 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 trying to learn even some basic music theory if you haven't. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. I. I. I'm. I'm imagining it's get gonna get to some uh, music theory. But I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm about two months in. Okay, yeah. So, I, you know, I don't want to be the person that's like, here's t- 20 books. And then you're like, this is too much. I was just, <laughs> this was fun before. But, yeah. but just, just a, a nugget of thought to just plant in your head. Some people, you can totally do music without music theory. You don't, people can play music without reading music. You know, sure. it doesn't. But the, but the thing that I find really interesting about it in your musical journey is this. Um when you learn a song just sort of like note for note, uh, I think it's very analogous to like learning phrases in a phrase book if you go to visit another country. So uh, you say like, hello, you know, where's the restaurant? Where's the bathroom? I, you know, I'm bleeding. Where's the doctor? Um, right. But learning, and, and, but learning music theory will actually start to teach you an understanding of how the language of music is formed. Mm. And what that will do for you is be able to look at a song like shallow or something and go, Oh, well, this is just an inversion of this chord and this chord. And it makes you sort of a less reliance, less reliant on note for note learning and more understanding how music is built. And then you'll just start writing your own, you know, like it, so it's not anything it's, it's, you know, it's frustrating and it can be overwhelming. And so I don't want to overwhelm you with it, but just as a suggestion, I think you would find it fascinating because you're like, Oh fuck. You have those moments where you go, Oh, well this, Uh. Song that I've always listened to is just three chords, and it's just this, and this is just in a bro- holy shit. Yeah, it's not that hard, you know, like it, it right. just mystifies a lot of the the process. So that's just a unsolicited suggestion. Use it if you will or don't. I, I will absolutely look into it. No, I love the one of the one of the wonderful things that I, I love about about piano right now is that is that I my fingers and my brain will get overwhelmed, and I'll get up and I'll walk away, and I'll come back the next day, and it's just and it just seems to 
it bakes it just in. It seems to seep in. Yes. It just seeps in. It is such an a it is it is it is a beautiful marinade. You, you know have what to I mean? Get spaghetti brain, and then it kind of hardens, like the concrete hardens overnight. You're like, oh yeah. my god, you're totally right. You're so in it. I love it. No, man, it's the spider bite. It's like, you, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, you wake up the next day and you're like, oh, oh, I love it. It's awesome. A spider bit me and I got abs now. This is great. Exactly. Yeah. Somehow I'm shooting webs out of my hands and not out of my asshole. I don't know how this worked, but, you know. <laughs> Everyone involved is more is happier for it, though. <laughs> um, I, I, it would be crazy for me to not talk a little bit about Walking Dead with you, you know, with you on the, the podcast. Um, you know, and again, it's always that tricky road of like, well, there's only so much you can. But it uh, I am I'm obviously very excited about the next six episodes. And, you know, a lot of people assume like, well, because of my job, I have to say I'm excited. I don't have to say it. I, I'm legitimately excited. Right, I'm right. excited to see you all back. It gives me hope that you were able to get back to work and, you know, like find a way to adapt. I mean, it's like a show about adaptation and there's this meta story of adaptation that has to exist in order to make the show about adaptation. Yeah. So, you know, for, first day back, was it, you know, like how did how did it feel? How long did it sort of take you to like check back into it? How are you feeling now? I, you know, I, I'm just really proud of the production. I'm uh, the, we were able to shoot these episodes and, and uh, the only, the only time we got positive tests from anyone is it's from someone who is kind of outside coming in and we were able to stop the spread Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and keep everybody safe you know, that, that were, that, that were within the bubble that we created for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, and I, and maybe that was, we we're able to do that because we went a little bit overboard, but that shit worked and yeah. we, and we were able to protect everyone and, uh, and still, you know, get, get this job done. I think, I think that, that beyond anything else and the fact that, it's some of the it's some of the most interesting story that we that 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 we've ever told. I feel like we're, we're within these uh we're within these COVID episodes that that we shot. Um, you know we're we've I feel like we've delved inside people's heads in ways that we've never done before, and I think that's saying a lot because I think we've delved inside people's heads quite a bit on this show over the course of you know ten seasons, and um and uh. uh I think that um I the the uh the, the episode with um with our little quartet of uh of uh Yumiko uh Princess Eugene and and Ezekiel I feel like uh really um you know uh, uh you know uh plays in in a, a beautiful way you know um uh within within those four and and how they relate to each other and um and I uh, but but to me and I think that that the fact that we were in this pandemic and in the in, in the production the way that we were it lent itself to the story that we were telling you know because it was so very important that that um that that the fact that we were in our own little apocalyptic you know uh moment and and uh and and the little things were important to keep everybody safe 
you know? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so interesting what you say about, about telling these more intimate stories now because, you know, there, there was, there's so much going on in a show like Walking Dead and there are so many characters to service and so many stories and so many different communities that sort of being in a situation where it's like, okay, well, now we just, because of the way we have to do things, we have to focus on each. I just think Angela's done such a fantastic job and the show has become this really cool, like, zombie western and <laughs> it it's... It's so, you know, I've seen all the iterations of the show and, and it feels, it's just, it's just in this place now, which it hasn't ever felt like before. Right. And, uh, and I haven't seen the episodes yet. I mean, I won't, you know, I won't watch the Yeah, first yeah. No, I think one. we're still just finishing up. I don't think we've locked up ours just yet. Yeah, yeah. It's, oh my God. Almost... And are you, uh, it's hard because I want to ask questions, but I'm like, well, that, you're either not going to be able to answer that or it's, you're going to have to answer it in a circuitous way because yeah. it, yeah. And, and I'm not very good at that. I, I usually just say, yeah, yeah. Fuck you. I'm not going to say anything. Dude. You know, <laughs> it's the best so way that I can. It's such a hard thing to do because it's it like people want to know, but they don't want to know, you know, exactly. it's like, it's, I'm, this, it's it's like me and WandaVision. My my uh my my son is is uh you know uh who is just obsessed with everything MCU is you know he he just wants to talk you know for for hours about well it could be this and could be that and I was like but do you really want to know he was like <laughs> I was like stop watching YouTube they're telling you too much well it's the it's the Christmas present syndrome where the kid you know December twentieth what'd you get me for Christmas do you really want me to tell you no. Okay, what'd you get me for Christmas? I'll tell you if you want to know. No, I don't want to know. But you just asked. Uh, I know, but now I don't want to know. Shaking the box. I think I know what it is. Do you want to just open it now? No, 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 no. I'll wait, you know. So it is that, like, we want to know, but we don't want to know. I know. Yeah, it's that It's that, that fine line that we're walking. I, I, and, the, and, the, and the thing is, is that I, I want to talk about it. God knows I do. But I also, for, I also really don't want to spoil it for you. Like, I mean, you know, we talk about spoilers, but we, but you, you think about what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to hold precious that joy you're going to get when you see it at that moment that, yeah. you know, it's, it's, uh, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like, think about what spoiling really means. It means rotten food. You know, it was like that. I don't want to, I, I don't want to serve you, you know, food that, that you're like, yeah. I just really don't want it anymore. You know, it's, it, you know, it's past its date, you know? So, I mean, yeah, yes, part of it for the longest time had been, oh, uh, you know what? I, you don't care about, about uh, me losing my job because you're just trying to get me you to say that. You just want to know. Exactly. <laughs> but now I honestly and truly, I have enough job security that I feel okay saying that I just want this for you. I want you to, to be uh, to be surprised by what yeah, happens basically, next. Basically, Ezekiel was in a they were in a predicament, a and bit. Then fucking stormtroopers show up, and then it's like, oh, uh, you know, and it's again just this kind of like expansion of the universe, right? Of of. There I is. will say this. You remember kind of like the middle part of, of Star Wars when they get sucked into the, you know, the tractor beam takes them into the uh, the Millennium Falcon in yep. and they and they're kind of sneaking around the base. Mm -hmm. It's just like that. OK. 
That's that is actually a good amount of information. That's it actually, is a good amount of information, and I don't feel like spoil anything. Like I've spoiled anything. I feel like I'm spoiled. If, if if nothing else, I feel like I feel like what I just told somebody is going to make them think a lot of things that are not happening at all. But but uh, but there's 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 there, there's a there's a line in there that uh that that's that's sort of what's happening. That's sort of what's happening. I I get I will I will text you the second I see it. I just saw it. <laughs> I just saw the line. <laughs> I get it. I see it. There you if, go. Guys, if you all end up in a trash compactor, I don't know. There's like some sort of type of a. You know what? They, I, I will just say that there are there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of uh, Star Wars fans on the on the writing staff. I, I will say that. I will say that. <laughs> um, I, I was winding this down. Uh, how are your kids? How are your kids They're, doing with everything? My kids are the most resilient freaking people, and. And I, and I get that they're also incredibly privileged kids, because because uh, because they they have not had to worry about anything. They they haven't had to worry about you know you know where their meals are coming from and and that and that kind of thing. But uh, but they're first of all their mom is is uh, is an incredibly imaginative mother. She, she, you know, uh, you know, I wasn't there for, for Halloween, you know, I, I, uh, you know, because I was out here shooting and, uh, you know, but, but, uh, so, so instead they, you know, and they didn't go anywhere for Halloween. So instead, uh, you know, they, they went from room to room and knocked on each door and got dressed up and, uh, and, and, uh, and had, and and had you know their Halloween candy and their, their their stuff. It was just all in the house, you know, all you know. But but it was like went from room to room, you know, doing doing you know uh, a a Halloween sort of thing. And and at the school they would always have this this kind of Halloween festival where you play different games. And so they set up you know like these you know like like Halloween toss you know which you know a certain kind of you know like. It's pretty much, you know, beanbag toss or whatever with a Halloween theme, you know, and doing these kind of things around the, around the house and just and um, and, uh, you know, fortunately for my my uh, my son, who's just like obsessed with video games and stuff right now, most of his interaction with his, with his friends is is, you know, them all being on a mission in Fortnite or something like that. You know, he's he's been totally fine. You know, my 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 daughter's been able to connect back with a, a couple of friends who moved away. And since they couldn't they, they weren't able to interact before, they, this actually gave them a, a, a reason to to um, to uh, be able to, you know, FaceTime or do, you know, kind of, uh, that, that sort of uh, interaction a lot more. Um, and and um, and so except for me, you know, you know, not being able to be there, you know, here and there. Um, that they've they've actually been incredibly resilient and it's 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 made made me uh incredibly grateful for um for just how they've they've been able to adapt because i know that you know people have you know much worse stories about you know how 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 their kids have been able to cope and um and uh and i i don't know i don't know what it is in in them but but um but at least for at least for my my kids, they have they have been um, 
they've been able to adapt incredibly to to this uh, to this situation. So I, I couldn't be happier, and uh, and it makes me a proud dad to to know that they're um that they're able to use their imagination and use um you know the the all, all of the uh, electronic you know online you know connectivity at their disposal to um you know to stay connected to the world also their grandmother their grandmother my mom is incredible she's like she's like all right we're getting together cousin zoom and all of their cousins will will say, and she's got activities for the you know to you know uh you know like like twice a month where they where they uh where, where she's got a, a whole thing she is just grandma and that crap out of the joint <laughs> so i i'm just i, I just kind of sit back and am and am i marvel at uh you know at these uh women in my life who've um been able to make make this time you know a a, a lot more uh, uh uh special and easier to get through for for uh for my kids and um and uh, you know, and and my kids still think I'm pretty fun too. So so I'm so so it's uh, it's been good. You're very lucky that your kids think you're fun. You know, that, dude. I keep waiting for the shoe to drop. You know what I mean? You know, <laughs> you know that that they, they're like, yeah, whatever, dad, and just don't care anymore. Right now, they 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 both for very different you know reasons. You know, you know, love having me around, and I, uh, you know, and I, uh, and and we get out and. And um, and and do things and have fun and stay active, trying to stay away from everybody else. But uh, but and so so it's uh, a lot of times it's just me and them, you know, uh, you know, kind of storming the castle together, and and uh, and and using our imagination in however w- many ways we can do that. Since we, it's got to be just us. Good but, parenting um, advice. Do you have any good? You know, my wife and I are, you know, trying to start a family. Um, okay. Any good? Any good parenting? Because you seem like a great dad, and I feel like any parenting advice would be welcome. I think, uh, I think my best parenting advice is to trust your gut. That uh, that that um, you know, learn learn what what you can. And, um, and, uh, but, but trust your gut. There is, there is something inherent in you that was always meant to be this, to do this. Don't, don't, uh, don't, don't put that pressure on you thinking that, uh, thinking that there's, there's all this thing that you can't learn that just like, just like when you were a kid growing up, you know, and, and, and all of those weird things about you are going to lend itself to be able to impart to this kid. And, uh, and the most important thing that you can learn about being a parent, you're going to learn from that kid. Right. And it, and it is, it, it's, uh, it's making me emotional just to, just, just to talk about it. But the truth is, is that every good thing you're going to tell your, your son or your daughter is something that they have reflected back on you. And 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 uh, and you're going you're going to look at them and uh, and and have epiphanies. And, and I don't know how many times I have thought to myself, Ah, I thought I was supposed to be teaching you, you know, you know. But I'm just saying it back to you. This 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 crazy epiphany that that uh, that I just realized, you know, because I see it in this in this uh, in this in this new thing, you know, that that uh, that I had a part of creating, you know. But you, but you have to understand that that happens because you are open to 
receiving that and aware of it. And it's not just a one way, like I'm the parent, you're this, you just go over there and I'll get back to you. You know, it's like you, because you are open. And I think that's the other thing that I've extracted from everything that you said is like, you have to be open to paying attention to your kids and listening yeah. to them and being willing to learn and be willing to know that you don't know everything and, you know, that they are people who also have, you know, thoughts and opinions and feelings and you should listen to them and validate them. And that I think is, you know, like, I think that's the most important thing. And I imagine can be very difficult too, as a parent, when you're like trying to juggle stuff and work and you have stresses and then it's like, Oh, I don't know. You know, it's like, no, 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 you got to slow down and you got to make time and you got to look them in the eye and you got to listen and you got to, you know, you got to, you got to pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. Paying it, just taking the time to pay attention to them is, is going to, is going to make the, the hugest difference. You know, it's those, it's those little moments in time where you're paying attention is the time that they're going to remember the most. Right. You know? And so, so just, uh, and, and I'm being, I'm, 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 I'm being almost uh, cryptic uh, on purpose because, uh, because, just like when I was when I was lear- learning that I had ADHD and that and um, and I thought that that I was like, OK, well, I've, I have this um, th- this uh, this thing about me. So I need to learn these organizational tools that will that will help me to organize my brain into. And um, and that wasn't the thing that, that I needed to hear. What my, my mentor, the, uh, a woman named um, uh, uh, Barbara Cohen, uh, she is uh, she is a psychologist that that uh, at for this um this meetup group that I that I used to go to, she I, I went I went the first time actually at the behest of that book Driven to Distraction because mm-hmm. it said find like minded people, talk to them, you know, understand that you're not alone that this that that the way that your brain works is the way it's supposed to work, and uh, and and she would start every meeting by saying, what's your win, what's your win today. And uh, and I thought it was so odd because invariably everyone who comes to that meeting is like, oh, I got so much to complain about. I got so much to complain about my, you know, what I couldn't do, what I didn't do right. I, I, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't get it together. I couldn't do this. No, no, no. She started off with, what's the one thing you did right today? It could be anything. It could just be showing up. I get, you actually got here, you know, you made your bed. You did, you did one thing right. And the thing is, is that I had to had to remind myself is that is that, you know, all of these techniques and things, if I'm not in a positive outlook, those techniques aren't going to mean a thing. Right. The, the focus on on this. What's something that you did? Because if you that, that, that you can look on and be like, you did something there, you did something to be proud of today because it changes the way you think about yourself on, on a daily basis. If if I uh, if if I'm if I'm gone through my life going oh I wish I would accomplished oh my brother's been an engineer and he's moving a white you know I'm I'm a freaking act what, what what have I accomplished yet instead of thinking what did I what did I do today what did I learn today it changes the way that you see yourself in the world you know and 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 so and so instead of telling you you know what uh, you know what you need to get you know this kind of carrier and here here's a you know a great way to organize you, the the diapers and everything no man no man focus on that kid and 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 be like what am i going to learn from you today 
everything else everything else will work itself out everything else will work itself out i think you're talking also about like personal narratives like the internal monologue like what what is the sorting system what what sort of rain gutter of thoughts have you set up in your brain what barrel are they connected to and if it is Mm. a negative one it's like I'm a useless piece of shit, you know? Then every time something happens, oh, I was trying to learn piano and I didn't. Why? Well, I'm useless. Well, I forgot to do this thing. Well, yeah, because I'm, you know, it's, you will build a case for whatever that narrative is. And so I think sometimes it's easy to forget, like, well, that is a narrative that you constructed. (laughs) It's not just, just because your brain is chattering at you, that doesn't mean that it's true, it just means that's that that is a habitual narrative. And so hearing you frame it that way of like, oh, and so if you're able to pull out of that and sort of talk about like, what can I learn? What did I win? Asking really good questions. Maybe it will start to change that gutter into, like that rain gutter will collect into a, a much more constructive barrel. Right. Than- than the barrel of bad ideas and negative thought, you know, that you're exactly, building man. a case against yourself. You want to build a case for yourself. Oh my dude. And, and we are, and the, and I'm so excited to be learning this right now, you know, at, at this moment, when I, I think of, uh, <laughs> you know, you know, getting through this pandemic aside and everything, but, but, uh, but life expectancy wise, we're not going anywhere for a while, you know, there, there was there there was a time you know in the history of the world where where um where where I uh, where this was about it. 50, oh yeah, yeah, we would be really great grandparents. Absolutely, you know, and laying on on our bed and being like, go forward and multiply. You know, we we, we you know we we were just barely oh, hanging God, on. But Kari lived a good life. He made it to forty eight. He. <laughs> He had a long, he was in many, many moons did he see on this horizon. Oh, and now I feel like even though my, my body betrays me at times, and yes, my, uh, my, my, my hamstring balls up and, uh, and I can't run as fast as I can, but, but, but my mind continues to churn and, uh, and, and, and I just see, I see the, the, the road ahead of me going so long and so far. And I just, I just think, I just think at what, you know, how much more I'm going to be able to learn by the, by the end of this trial. And I'm, and, and I'm, I'm excited by it, you know, and I'm excited. I'm excited by, by, by the road that, that, that you're, you know, deciding to embark on now with this kid, you know, that, that you're literally, it, it is, it is, it is a, a, a new, a new road, a new, a new, uh, you know, like tributary on the map. Right. And obviously you know? we don't know when it's going to happen. We don't, we've just sort of like, we're just, oh, we're just trying and sort of open to it. And when it happens, it happens. Sure. And, you know, it's, it is so, you know, but, but like anything, I think it's, it's good to consistently be learning new things or challenging yourself. It's great that you're learning music. It's, you know, it's great that you're doing so many different things that, that utilize, you know, that treat your brain as the, uh, as it, as the asset that it is, you know, it's like you have a skill set that allows you to play in all these different areas. And that's, that is undeniably a strength, you know, and I hope other people who feel the same way, recognize that about themselves instead of 
you know, that narrative that maybe the sort of conformist narrative of like, well, if you don't fit into this box, then you must be, you know, it's like, no, there's different boxes and you just need to get, yeah. the, you, know, you just need to get in the right zone. Like, don't listen to, you know, like no one can tell you they can't, you know, they don't know you. So it's, it, it's, it's just nice. And it's also nice that, you know, I could tell from the second that I met you, number one, I already love this. I already love this man. He's, he, he's, He's a good guy and he cares about the he cares about this stuff and I think that's what I love about about the what, what I've seen with Walking Dead and the cast you know over these last 10 years 11 years really is um, everyone's a fan you know like it's not it's not like when we were growing up and you'd see someone on a drama and then kind of you'd go like I don't think any of those people hang out <laughs> you know like right right you know it's like yeah, you know, was it was it was the cast of the Love Boat? Were they all hanging out? I don't know, or not? It wasn't. Right. Job, I just mean like whatever. And Walking Dead really feels like a family of fans, and that you acknowledge and appreciate and understand. You are on not only a, would be a fan of this show, but you recognize and understand the unique, rarefied air that we are all in to get to be a part of this community that is an amazing community. It's it's just. This just doesn't happen very often in television, you know, like it's it's just a nice it's a nice thing and it and it and it's more enriching than I ever could have thought that a television show could be. You know, it seems silly to yeah. say. But yeah, but it's it really is. It really is a community. I don't I I I I feel like I still don't truly understand the the impact and I, I i think i i think maybe i understand it you know better than than some but but uh as as far as just the the epicness of it all i think i think it's going to it's going to take more and more time for me to 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 have have even more perspective of 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 this thing that i that i was lucky enough to to become a, a part of it was uh and and for me it it was it it happened at a time where where i you know i could connect with people in these conventions and things and and really uh really understand on a human level like a, on a human personal level over and over and over again you know how how these stories make a connection you know which is which is something that I have I have always wanted to do and and was the thing that I that I that I always thought was the point of me being, you know, a, an actor in this business, but this this has has shown shown a light on it in a way to to let me see that no that this is actually how it's happening. Like yeah. on a personal level you know, this person drove or flew or came from whatever to see me, this thing that, that I was wanting, that I thought that I needed to be able to, to, to tell stories on television because I, and I told my mom this years ago that, that there are people that I'm never going to meet that I feel like I'm, I can tell stories in a, in a, in a certain kind of way and it's going to affect people, you know? And I, and I want to, and, and and I can't explain it, but I feel like that's what I'm supposed to be doing, and uh, and that's why I'm out here struggling to do this thing, and I'm going to continue to struggle to do it. And then to be lucky enough that that person that I never thought I was going to meet 
like stands in a line and comes and, and, and talks to me and tells me that thing that that story that I was trying to explain. Yeah, you're right. This is the connection. It happened through, you know, electric blips or whatever that flew through the air. And, and, and now I got on a plane and came over here to, and, and here we are standing in front of you, each other, you know, uh, because of that connection, because, you know, because of that thing. I don't know. It's a, it, 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 I, I think about it sometimes and, and I think I got my head around it, but, but I, I still feel like I'm not, I'm not uh, truly understanding well, the breadth of it all. Because you're a fan first, you understand yeah. that there were things that were influential to you or important to you, you know, that you watched that if you had the opportunity to, look someone in the eye who a performance or something that was meaningful to you and you get could say to them like hey this was really meaningful to me and they could look you back in the eye and go thank you that really means the world to me that something that i did meant something to you and you could have this personal connection it's just not something we were really afforded to the opportunity to do when we were growing up this just didn't really it didn't it existed in in a very small form in in a certain sector of the entertainment business but not the way that it does now right yeah and i feel the same way i always feel incredibly appreciative if someone even if someone's like oh i saw you in this horror movie you did you know 20 years ago house of a thousand corpses like oh my god you saw that that's fucking awesome you know like i yeah it, it just because they're because we're them. They're us. We're like-minded. Yeah. Like we're and so it just I don't know. It I get gushy about it because I get all you know like smushy about it because it just it still blows me away. Like it's still I, it still is surreal that it's like how do we how do we how how have we been fortunate enough to you know so it it I'm just glad you're I'm glad you're on the show. I'm glad you're. I'm glad I've had the opportunity to get to know you and and even just this uh even just doing this podcast just makes me feel like I need to just call Kari more often and just talk to him. I just need you really, to You really I, do. You need bring me up, man. I'm not doing unless I got a wig on somewhere. I'm I'm doing very little. You make know, make a piano video. I hope you post some piano videos. <laughs> I will, you know what? I I will get around to it. I don't know if I'm if I uh if I, I if I I mean, it, it may take me another month or two it to feel good about frustrating it. Frustrating learning curve because you can get you can nail something and then you turn on a camera and something in the back of your head is like, "Don't fuck this up." Or yep. if you start playing it right, you go, "Oh my god, I did it!" Oh fuck, now I just messed it up. You know, it's like there's no space in your brain to be aware of the camera, but uh, some other little, some other, you know, little entity in your brain just sort of wakes up when it's like oh camera better be perfect you know Dude, and the thing for me with piano is that is that if you play one note off you i feel like you, you can hear over. it you can hear it it just rings out like with it when i'm playing guitar when i'm playing guitar maybe i might just i might miss it i might slide down that string a little funny Ah, who cares? You know, it's a little dirty. It's you fine. Do it again. But, That's what Prince did. You do it again. You fuck up. You do it again. And it seems intentional. Can't do that with classical music. <laughs> no, you can't. You can't. So, but, but I, I would, but, but believe me, I am going, there, there will be a moment and, uh, and I will let you know when, when, it, when it happens that, that I'm, I'm like, that, that I, I, I go ahead and, and press uh, record and, and play something if I'm confident enough to, uh, to uh to to play for for everyone because I am I'm very uh excited about just the uh the new jasmine in my mind 
you know, that, that I'm getting out of it. So, uh, so it'll come, it'll come, man. Is there anything else that you want to promote or anything else you want to mention? Besides, obviously, obviously the walking dead is on Check it out well, if you haven't heard of it. It's a fairly popular show about the apocalypse and zombies. Exactly. No, no, no. That's. Uh, I mean, I'm working on some things, but, but, uh, but there's nothing that I that that I that I feel like I can I can bust out and and okay. uh, and talk about yet. So, uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, I, I hope everybody enjoys the show, and uh, and I'm I'm really uh, I'm really gratified by the story that uh that that we're that we're telling and um and uh i'm and and really just excited to be a part of something that that uh that's so fulfilling you know right now so so i uh yeah i can't wait for everybody to check it out you know i mean i don't know if you got really uh young kids and uh and a um and uh and uh a juvenile sense of humor you can always watch teen titans go you know it's um it's on all the time and i and i and i i love it and uh yeah yeah so um so uh oh and um and uh, uh i did uh we we have a, a whole season of young justice that's come oh, that, that's that that's coming back out uh another um uh i think 26 episodes of um of young justice uh they it was it, they tried to kill it off uh, many years ago but it just won't die the fans just love it too much <laughs> so i'm so i'm very excited about that too um but uh but yeah yeah that's it. Well, I send you virtual hugs, and I absolutely hope you in person at some point, and I'm sure I will see you virtually on Talking Dead soon. Um, we'll get there. I, I just assume, um, I assume you will be on at some point this season. Um, not I, we got to roll out eventually, you know. We, I'm uh, always look looking forward to it. Hope I, I look forward to getting back to the couch. You know, oh, I, the couch. Oh yeah. my God, the couch! I can't, I can't wait to get back to that weird fake loft apartment that uh <laughs> yeah um, i didn't even thought about that i was like i guess that is a loft apartment with it yeah it's a it's an industrial loft apartment where i just have people over to my apartment you know there's a city in the background which is an amalgam of you know like a bunch of other cities just smushed together and i can't remember if we i had requested one season and now we haven't been been on the set in so long i can't remember but i think i requested like Oh, you should, um, can we like burn out the windows and create, like, can we make the cityscape if you looked up really close apocalyptic Ah. from far away, but up close, it just sort of, Oh wait, no, I don't think that city's, you know, and I don't, I can't remember if they did it or not, but it was, it was something that I had pitched at one point. I want to just, I I, want to do the show one time, but I don't want to be a guest. I just want to sit in the background looking out the window. (laughs) Don't. Don't acknowledge me. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just going to do that. I, this is my solemn promise to you. When we go back into the studio at some point, you absolutely can come on, sit in the background and stare at the window, and we will not reference you the entire episode. And anyone who's listened to this podcast will know what is happening, and anyone who doesn't, then that will just be a big like is he is 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 he a ghost like what do they not like what's the yeah i just want to feel feel like that that uh that that roommate that you had to take on you know during the the uh you know what i mean it was like (laughs) maybe maybe i've still got a robe on i just i'm just walking through 
You're it's just like, no, that's just out of the out of the orange juice jug. It's like, come on, man, that we were that's for everybody. Oh, you... so, I'm sorry, dude. I thought this was there was just a little bit left. So, <laughs> hey, you're out of toilet paper. What? But you were in there for like an hour. Can't you buy more? You were supposed to contribute to the. Yeah, man. I don't know. I got some things I'm cooking up. You know. Exactly. I'm installing a tushy. That's very good. <laughs> Okay, I promise this will happen when that is a thing that we can do again. And in the meantime, uh, take care of yourself and continue to stay safe and healthy. And I do the same, man. Do the same. Give give your mama a hug and a kiss for me. I will. I will. And your lovely wife. I will. Absolutely. Okay, take care. I'll see you soon. All right, man. Be good. Bye. ID 10 T scanning complete. Enjoy your burrito. This episode is brought to you by the effortlessly scrumptious bite of Skinny Pop Popcorn. Imagine this, perfectly popped, endlessly delicious kernels, a symphony of just three simple ingredients, popcorn, sunflower oil, and a sprinkle of salt. No compromise, just pure snacking freedom. And hey, if you're up for a twist, dive into flavors like zesty white cheddar to sweet and salty kettle. Every bite's a delight, light and oh so tasty. Shop Skinny Pop now.